everyone. You're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hi. Hey. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. Hello. And on this week's episode, we are covering Newsies, a musical based on a musical film, which was inspired by a real-life event. Very neato. We are going to be covering the original Broadway cast recording, which is on Spotify and will be linked in the show notes as always. So this one also is fun for the whole family, so it does not get a mama warning. Mom. If our last one, yikes. And the one before, I think. Yeah, our last two episodes. Sorry, Mom. Oops. You can listen to this one. (laughs) We actually did watch uh, this one when she came to visit, which was fun. Newsies is a musical based on the 1992 musical film, which starred a very young Christian Bale, which, fun fact, he did not know it was going to be a musical because it wasn't originally. (laughs) Oops. Yes, he had to go through musical training and he decided he would never do musicals ever again. (laughs) That's fair enough. (laughs) He also tried to get out of the film, but it's fine. (laughs) He did very well. The movie was inspired by the real-life Newsboys strike of 1899, which occurred in New York City. The musical is fairly historically accurate. Jack Kelly, the union leader in the movie and musical, is an amalgamation of several leaders during the strike, mainly Kid Blink, who was blind in one eye. Hmm. The movie and musical, however, this is my personal bone to pick, (laughs) erases the existence of news girls, which also participated in the strike. Everyone had to work, including ladies. Yep. New adaptions currently are rumored to have more girlsy roles as well as gender neutral roles. So I look forward to that. I think also the the newest adaption has kind of anyone can play the news newsies kind of deal. So that's nice. Ooh, yeah. In real life, the price for papers was raised from fifty cents to sixty cents during the Spanish American War, whereas in the show it was raised after the war and wasn't lowered until after the war ended. The strike began because Newsies felt it was harder to sell papers without the aid of war news, which, fair. Fun fact, the strikes for, from the Newsies actually helped bring about reform for child labor, which, unfortunately, that wouldn't take effect until almost 40 years later, but this was the start of all of that. Yeah, I didn't think about it, but yeah. Paper boys always being, like, super young. Mm-hmm. And, like, shoe shiners and... Mm-hmm. Mechanical workers, surprisingly, like because they could get into small places and machines. Mm. It was terrible back in the early 1900s and late 1800s, obviously. A bit of background about the show: there actually isn't a lot of background about like how it was made. You know, a lot of the shows we talk about is like, oh, well, they got inspiration from here and here, and they did this and this. But this one was actually made by a big company, so doesn't have a lot of cute things like that. Oh, it started <laughs> off had yeah, these grassroots <laughs> yes. No, so in 1992, Walt Disney Studios released the live-action musical, and the score was written by Alan Menken, and the lyricist was Jack Feldman. It was not a hit in theaters, but it quickly gained a cult following. Really good music, but the movie itself was very slow-paced and kind of (laughs) boring. What? Yes, but good music. A stage adaptation was in high demand, so the Disney theatrical group began developing the stage play. Alan Menken and Jack Feldman were brought back in to work on it, which was the best decision. And Harvey Fierstein was brought in to convert the screenplay to the stage. Which I think he did fantastic. Heck yeah. 
So as far as productions goes, Newsies premiered at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn, New Jersey from September 25th, 2011 through October 16th, 2011. This premiere was actually an agreement between the Paper Mill Playhouse and the Disney theatrical group. So they just wanted to test the material. Fair, I guess. Yeah, they just it was like previews kind of thing. Yeah. However, it opened to such rave reviews. They announced they were going to Broadway for a limited run. All the advanced tickets were sold out, and it broke all of the Playhouse box office records. Woohoo! Amazing. So they were like, ooh, let's go to Broadway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it then opened on Broadway at the Nederlander Theater with previews on March 15th, 2012. Disney announced on March 16th, <laughs> the next day, that Newsies <laughs> would no longer be a limited run, but would be an open-ended engagement. So previews officially started on March 29th, 2012, and ran until August 24th, 2014, after 1,004 performances. Thank goodness it was open-ended. Right. It <laughs> just... Like, oh, we're making too much money. <laughs> <laughs> Open it up. And the show cost $5 million to stage, but it recouped its initial investment in seven months, becoming the fastest of any Disney musical on Broadway to turn a profit. Which is mind-blowing. Heck yeah. But that also answers Matt's question on a previous episode about like roughly how much it costs. it costs to do a show. And this one's not as like high tech, but that's still a big chunk of change. Yeah, but it's also like it feels like it's kind of an ambiguous turn. Like is it five million like to was it five million to run it from two thousand twelve to twenty fourteen, or was it five million to get it like started? Yeah, so that's what that's what's required to start it to pay the the actors and rent. So the that's theater. five million up front. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they okay. so they like lease the theater. Uh, okay. Yeah, get all that the costumes. They pay for all the seats in advance and, and props. And Lighting. Still, though, that's an insane amount of time to make five million. Yeah, they off yeah. of a show. It's yep. insane. Good job. But they did it. Go Disney on this one. You did I good mean, on this one. It's Disney, though. You're always going to get like some yes. something kind of decent. <laughs> and actually, it was rumored that they only decided to do a stage production because they found out that high schools had been doing an unauthorized version of movies. <laughs> And they wanted to get some of the, the the rights and licensing money from that. Well, kind of screw them for that, but... We hate children. So, it's like a Disney thing. <laughs> so the original cast included my beloved Jeremy Jordan as Jack Kelly, <laughs> John Dossett as Joseph Pulitzer, Kara Lindsay as Catherine Plummer, Kapathia Jenkins as Meta Larkin, Ben Fankhauser as Davey, Andrew Keenan Bolger as Crutchy, and Louis Grasso and Matthew Schechter sharing the role of Les. So Newsies went on a national tour, started on October 11th, 2014 in New York, and closed on October 2nd, 2016 in Texas, played 784 performances in 65 cities across the U.S. and Canada. Nice. Pretty cool. After that tour, a limited filmed theatrical release was announced for February 2017, so if you've seen anything for the show, it's probably this because it's all over the place. Um, yeah. So the this three day release grossed three point four seven million. Ooh. Three days, Wowza. guys. <laughs> nice. Three days. I mean, I would have paid for it. Yeah. Disney then announced it would be available digitally on May twenty third, twenty seventeen. They announced it would be available on Netflix starting September tenth, and it is also now available on Disney Plus. 
Yes, which is how I saw it, and it is fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> and I love that it's like a like filmed stage yes. production. It's not yeah. like movieified. I don't no, know. It just makes it's... you feel like you're in the theater. I don't know. I love it. Anyway, did did they do it the same way they did Hamilton, where it's like. It was a stage production, but they also had, like, zoom-in yeah. close-ups. Yeah. So, okay, so it's the same stuff. I like that. Yeah, so we were able to see the stuff you probably wouldn't normally see from mm-hmm. your seats. Like the details. Yeah. So it was it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to watch it. I do recommend it. It's, it's about, like, two guess, hours. Guess yeah. We'll have to, guess we'll have to watch have it again. movie oh, night. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so good. Let's go. Yeah, if we had had time, we would have watched it before this, but we did not. Schedules have been a bit wonky. Bit wonky. True. Yes. So then in 2012, the show was nominated for eight Tony Awards and won two. So that's for Best Choreography and Best Original Score. And it was also nominated for six Drama Desk Awards and again won two. These were for Outstanding Choreography and Outstanding Music. So clearly the dancing and the music is the star of the show. I have seen bits and pieces of the dancing. And it is crazy. Yeah. They get, they get some high jumps and stuff, like, in, like, spins and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, they really do. Yeah. They, get, they hired some gymnasts or something? But I did actually go see this one. I believe it was two years ago at the Muni here in St. Louis. It was super cool. I do recommend seeing it live because it's just, like, again, those boys get bouncy. <laughs> yeah, I also saw it at the it's, Muni, and it's amazing. It's impressive. Yeah, very good show. Do recommend if it ever comes through again, and I think it might come to the Fox. I don't know if I remember reading that correctly, but I would like to go see it if it comes through. So yeah, so let's go ahead and get into Act 1. We open in July 1899 on a group of orphaned homeless newsboys. They live in Lower Manhattan in a lodging house, and their informal leader is 17-year-old Jack Kelly. Jeremy Jordan. It's Jeremy Jordan. <laughs> Amber's not obsessed. <laughs> not at all. No. No. In the early hours of the morning, Jack tells his best friend, Crutchy, of his dream to one day leave New York for a better life out west in the song Santa Fe Prologue. As the day begins, the rest of the newsies get ready to start their day and find as much joy as they can in their situation in the song Carrying the Banner. At the circulation gate, and this is a place where newsies go to pick up their papes, or papers, Jack meets two newbies, brothers Davy and Les, who is only nine. Unlike the others, though, the brothers have a home and loving family, they were temporarily pulled from school to work while their dad is out with an injury, which I guess was probably fairly common at the time. Jack sees Les as a good tool to sell more papers and wants to team up with them. Because, oh no, a little orphaned young boy, you know. <laughs> uh, sadness. They say anything, they have to. Meanwhile, Joseph Pulitzer, the publisher of the New York World, is unhappy with the decline in newspaper circulation. In an attempt to maximize profits, he decides to increase the price of the papers for the newsies, which is where we get the, instead of 50 cents, we charge 60 cents. And keep in mind, anything that they don't sell, they're stuck with. Yeah. So they don't have a buyback policy, which is real terrible. He ignores the concern. It'll be harder for them in the song, The Bottom Line. So all he cares is about money. He doesn't care that it's kids that are trying to make a living. Money. Basically, he's the Mr. Krabs he's of Mr. Krabs. True. <laughs> That's a different episode. <laughs> okay. Later, as Jack, Davy, and Les are selling their final newspapers of the day, the corrupt Warden Snyder of the Refuge 
a juvenile detention center, recognizes Jack as an escapee from his institution. <gasps> oh, no. <gasps> oh, no. He attempts to chase the boys down, but they find cover in a vaudeville-style theater owned by Jack's friend, Meta Larkin. Jack regularly paints backdrops for her, so. He's real talented. He's got the in. <laughs> <laughs> as Meta performs the song, That's Rich, Jack spots a young female reporter named Catherine Plummer. He kind of goes up and tries to flirt with her, and she blows him off. Of course. She is later <laughs> charmed, however, when he leaves her a sketch of a portrait of her. And that's Don't Come a Knocking slash I Never Planned on You. So cute. So it's the typical musical love yep. at first sight. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. Also, why is this boy so talented? Painting, sketching, right. selling, selling newspapers. Uh, it's because he's Jeremy Jordan. I don't. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, come on. He's not playing a character. He's, he's just, just Jeremy, he's just Jeremy <laughs> Jordan. With a different name. Anyway, <laughs> the next morning, the Newsies discover that the cost of newspapers has been raised to 60 cents per hundred. Outraged, Jack declares the Newsies to be a union and organizes a protest in the song The World Will Know, which probably one of the most well-known songs from this. It's so good. If I had to pick one. Oh, this yeah. is your favorite? <laughs> yeah, Am- Amber didn't make the script, so she didn't put in parentheses. Uh, my oh, this is my favorite. Yeah, I'm not sure which one's my favorite. I just know that this is a really popular one. It is really good. Catherine decides to cover the strike, seeing it as an opportunity to be taken more seriously as a journalist. In the song, Watch What Happens. The next day, the boys inform the rest of the city's newsies about the strike in an attempt to get them to join. They all refuse. Unless Spot Conlon, leader of the Brooklyn newsies, gives the okay. Yeah, so he's like the the top dog and you don't go against him kind of The head honcho. Brooklyn. So it's, it's looking... It's looking a little bad, and the Newsies are discouraged by the lack of support, but Davey convinces them to fight no matter what, you know, even if they don't get support, let's just do this. And the song is Seize the Day, which I would argue is probably one of the most... I think I've heard this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, really good. Strikebreakers arrive. So strikebreakers are people that are usually hired by the company to work around the strike and try and break the Mm -hmm. strike that way. So like scabs? Yeah, scabs is another word for it, actually. Yeah. yeah, so scabs or strike breakers, they're the same thing. But they arrive to take the Newsies' jobs, but they are persuaded to actually join the strike by Jack, because they're also children that are being taken advantage of. <laughs> he delivers a passionate speech condemning child labor and the city's treatment of the poor. The strike, however, is cut short by Pulitzer's goon squad and the police, and they show up to break it up by force. During the fight, Crutchy is arrested, beaten, and taken to the refuge. And Jack, of course, is devastated, blaming himself for the failure, and he fantasizes about running away forever in the song Santa Fe. Because you gotta remember, he's only 17. Not Crutchy, no. Crutchy, no. I wonder why he's got that name. <laughs> he walks with Duck Crutch. <laughs> I don't think he was fast enough. That actually, with that sad song and everything looking not so good for our little boys. We actually go into our intermission. The precious babbies. The precious babbies who are being uh, worked and they shouldn't be. Poor babies. Enjoying their life as kids. So we're into intermission. Guys, what do you think about Act 1? I don't know. I love, the, I love that this musical like really strongly sets the scene from the beginning. Like You've got these boys and they're like energetic and they're ready to go. And now they're angry and they're striking and I just... Yes. So powerful. I love it. And I also love the strong New Jersey accent. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> they got that like um, joyzy thing going on. <laughs> joyzy. I love it. Again, I haven't listened to this all the way through, so I'm not really going from like a frame reference for song wise, but story wise, it's very like human. Like it's everything makes human. sense in this because it's. I mean, it's because it's about something. It's pretty that darn close. Actually, to the... happened. You can imagine yeah. these kids, you know, rallying up like this. It, it, I don't know. You got good source material on this, and I think they they strike it good. Yeah, I will say about this one, it is it is a little hard to follow the actual story. With, with the, the music, unfortunately. Yeah. But the music, to me, has always been just so powerful. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because of um, Alan Menken's just really good at what he does, or if it's because... <laughs> He's wicked smart. Wicked smart. Or if it's the delivery of all of the actors. It's, I, I get chills every time I listen to it. And, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just feel really emotional. Like, you can feel the emotion in all the songs. It, it's impressive. I know these songs wind up on a lot of people's like show tunes playlists. Yes. yes, it's like Amber said. Like you can feel their motive, and you can feel when they're angry and when they're sad, and it's just like ah. The songs themselves have movement. They do. It's really, really good. And even even the movie version, which didn't have you know as talented of a cast like Broadway, it still had that that oof that you know got stuck in my head like i don't i didn't realize that this was such a young musical because i still had the movie in my head i grew up with, with the movie but it was just the music that actually stuck with me i just really like this one yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. kylie what do you think i feel like this is one that i'd have to watch in order to really get into it oh yeah yeah because i i listened to it i just can't remember much of it yeah, I'm, I'm usually like that, where if I have, like, a visual to pair up with it, I can mem- remember stuff a little bit better. It helps. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sounds like we just gotta have a movie night. Oh, darn. darn. All of us and, and watch some Disney+. I have Plus. to watch one of my favorites again. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. And maybe I am a little biased, because I, I kind of grew up with it, but... You're allowed to. It's musicals. Yeah, great. Everybody's got their favorite. It's so good. I don't think anybody's gonna bash you for for liking newsies. Newsies stand. No, <laughs> I stand the newsies. <laughs> but how about we go into our theater fact? I've got two factoids for Kylie to read off this week. Bonus. So for a fact about the show, Newsies became such a mammoth hit that when the original Broadway Newsies Facebook page was set up and went live, it got over. 56,000 likes in just three hours, and it now oh. has over 340,000 likes. That's a lot mm-hmm. of likes. <laughs> it is. And our theater fact is a famous actor or actress in a lead role could receive $100,000 or more a week, especially if their contract calls for a percentage of the ticket sales. The current minimum huh. for a Broadway actor's salary is $2,034 a week. Yeah, so they make big bucks. Yeah, but... You're not always guaranteed to be. You're not always guaranteed to be, to be working. You're right, and like when everyone's when every actor's like the goal is Broadway. This is why, like you, you do make really good money, but it's also very very like tight. Like it's really hard to get into Broadway because they're looking for the best of the best. So they earn the money, and it's awesome for them. Is that a minimum <laughs> for anybody that shows up on stage? Yeah, so so for the actors, that's actually in their um, their union, hmm. the Equity Actors something or other. 
That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I was actually looking at a breakdown of it. If you do extra jobs, you get paid more. Ooh. Like, if you're just an actor and they're like, hey, during your scene, can you move some props? You get like $9 extra a week. Nice. <laughs> just because. <laughs> or if you have to do, I think, I don't remember what exactly it was, but if you have to do like this extra thing, you get $12 extra a week. It's just like, yeah, things that you do that aren't technically in your job description, they have you covered under this this like agreement that they have. Because it's cheaper oh, than nice. hiring someone else to come in and do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I, I never really knew. Yeah, I think we all need to start getting into some... You need to go to Broadway, guys. Broadway, guys. Uh, <laughs> none of us have had any training whatsoever. But we can right. do it. Can we got spunks. <laughs> We've had some training. Official training? By my mouth. <laughs> 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 well. <laughs> Is she an official voice coach? No. Does she do real good? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's our theater facts. So... How about we uh, deliver some papes into Act 2? It's <laughs> my best accent. Some papes? Some papes. I haven't heard it, so I, well, I can't do it. But... New Jersey. New York slash New Jersey. <laughs> I always get those accents kind of mixed up. They all just kind of eventually... Yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> like, they, I guess all... more like broad East Coast accent, but like it's a strong accent. Let's strike our way into Act 2. There you go. Hey. That pretty hey. That's pretty good. I'll go with that one. Are you going to add in the A? Probably. (laughs) We'll see how I feel. (laughs) The next morning, Catherine finds the battered and bruised Newsies in Jacoby's Deli, only to learn that no one knows where Jack is, as rumors circulate about his whereabouts. She cheers the others up by showing them that her article about the strike made the front page of the New York Sun, which is fantastic because it's covering the boys, and it's by a woman. Nice. Woo! Thrilled, the boys rejoice at making the headline and imagine what it'd be like to be famous in the song King of New York. And it's really fun. They're like, oh, you don't have to do anything. Everyone just hands you stuff and you're rich and awesome. And it's adorable. Pulitzer has declared a blackout on strike news, meaning Catherine's story will be the only one to run. So, sucks. Womp womp. Meanwhile, Crutchy writes a letter to Jack describing the filthy and abusive conditions at the refuge. He asks Jack to make sure the Newsies continue to look out for one another, signing the letter, Your Brother, Crutchy, in the song Letter from Refuge. Poor Crutchy. Aww. Later, Davey finds Jack hiding out in the basement of Meta's theater and informs him of his plan to hold a citywide rally at the theater, because Meta gave them permission. Nice. She's cool. She is super Mm -hmm. dope. And she's played by a powerful black woman, and I (laughs) love it. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually like, she's like... I'm a woman and I'm black and I have all this money and y'all can deal with it. <laughs> it's super great. <laughs> I don't need none of y'all. Right, exactly. She runs her own theater. She does her own business. Jack, distraught over Crutchy's arrest, refuses to put the other boys back in danger. But Davy, along with Catherine and Les, convinces him that their fight is too important to quit in the song Watch What Happens reprise. Back at the world, an angry Pulitzer plots with Warden Snyder about how to stop Jack. Snyder reveals that Jack was originally sentenced to the refuge for vagrancy, but has since become a frequent visitor, with his most recent arrest being trafficking stolen food and clothing. Well, Jack soon arrives with an invitation for Pulitzer to attend the rally that Davy has planned. Pulitzer declines, telling Jack that no newspaper will violate the blackout order by covering the rally. 
And if it's not in the papers, it never happened. Yeah. Well, definitely how news works. <laughs> <laughs> Jack attempts to counter this by claiming the Newsies already have a reporter on their side. Pulitzer reveals that Catherine is his daughter. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> and that Plummer is only her pen name. He then offers Jack a choice. If the strike is called off, Jack will be cleared of all charges and given enough money to leave for Santa Fe. But if not, he and the other Newsies will be arrested and sent to the refuge in the song The Bottom Line Reprise. No. So, mm-hmm. big, big strike against Jack here. It's not, you know, what's he going to do, right? Jack, no. Catherine, of course, has been listening in secret because she's sneaky like that. <laughs> and she <laughs> attempts to apologize to Jack for, I guess, not telling him the truth. But he brushes her off as he is detained by Pulitzer's goons and led into the cellar. Rude. The next morning, Spot Conlon and the Brooklyn Newsies declare their support of the strike and head to the rally. And the song, Brooklyn's Here. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Jack, believing that there is no way the Newsies can win against Pulitzer, shows up to the rally to reluctantly suggest that the strike be called off. He accepts that Santa Fe, mo- the Santa Fe money from one of Pulitzer's men as Davy, Spot, and the other Newsies watch in disbelief, calling him a traitor and a scab. <gasps> There's the word, man. There you go. No, <laughs> no, no. The thing I've heard. <laughs> and in, in real life, that there was a theory that Kid Blink was being paid by Pulitzer. Mm. But no one was 100% sure. No one was in the room where it happened. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. Jack flees to his rooftop, only to find that Catherine has beaten him there. Catherine has discovered Jack's drawings of the abuse he suffered at the refuge among his belongings and realizes that he stole to feed and clothe the other boys. So he was like Peter Pan. Oh, he good boy. So they argue about their respective betrayals and the fate of the strike, but the argument is cut short when she impulsively kisses him. I'm done arguing. Hey, it works, I guess. (laughs) So then Catherine has a new idea. Use Jack's drawings and one of her articles to print their own newspaper, calling for every worker under 21 to strike alongside the Newsies. Jack agrees, recalling an abandoned printing press in Pulitzer's cellar. They share a romantic moment, of course, stating what they've given each other, which is something to believe in. Aww. Aww. Gross. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> That's how you get cooties, Jack. <laughs> run, Jack, run. Starting to sort of turn around, maybe. They've got... Pizzazz and spunk. Yeah, they do. And romance. And love. (laughs) The other Newsies join Jack and Catherine in printing their own paper, the Newsies Banner, and distribute copies throughout the city in the song Once and for All. A copy ends up reaching Governor Theodore Roosevelt, governor, Mm -hmm. not president (laughs) yet, who arrives in full support of the Newsies' cause. Roosevelt gives Pulitzer an ultimatum, forcing the latter to concede to Jack's demands. Jack proposes that Pulitzer buy back every paper the Newsies fail to sell each day, which, if you remember, is one of the biggest Mm -hmm. issues. Pulitzer is hesitant, but agrees when Jack points out he will still benefit from the increased sales. And I didn't write this down, but they also come to an agreement that the price for papes will go down to 55 cents instead of 60. So they're kind of meeting in the middle there. Jack and Roosevelt inform the Newsies that the strike is over and they have won. Woo! Yay! Yay! As the Newsies celebrate, Roosevelt informs them that he has shut down the refuge, citing Jack's drawings as his motivation to do so. Woo! Yay! Crutchy returns to his friends and Snyder is arrested. Get him. 
Impressed at the influence Jack's drawings had on the governor, Pulitzer offers him a job as a daily political cartoonist. Oh, yeah. Jack declines, however, claiming it is time he leaves for Santa Fe. But Davy, Catherine, and Crutchy remind him that New York's got us and we're your family. What else would you need? But Catherine is always like, also like, I'll go work. (laughs) (laughs) I like you. (laughs) I like your face. We're 17. Who cares? I'll keep it around. God, imagine that. At 17, you could just leave. Yep. (laughs) Jack decides to stay, both remaining a newsboy and accepting the cartoonist job in the song Finale. Happy ending! Yay! We did it! So yeah, that was was Newsies, you guys. It's so fun. What do you think about the show as a whole? It's a straightforward show. Yes. It covers its material. Bam, bam, bam. (laughs) I mean, some shows don't need to be anything more than that. True. I mean, this one proves it. Yeah. It fills the space with epic dancing and great singing. There's even a tap dance number yes. in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. A bunch of people in paperboy hats. Yes. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. It's a neat style. Yeah. So I really like this show, as I stated in the intermission, <laughs> probably uh, very strongly. Your strong bias. Yes. It's real good. I do recommend watching it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think the only gripe I have about the show is Jack is kind of wishy-washy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, go on strike, and oh, no, I can't do it. And yeah, go on strike, and he's like, but I can't. And then go on strike, and it's a mess, but. But he's also 17. He's He's not resolute. Yeah. Yeah. He's 17. He's a child. Yeah, he's a child fighting for the cause of millions of other children. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. A weight (laughs) of the world on his shoulders. Yes. It's a musical. You gotta have that internal character struggle for them to, you know, resolve it by the end. Yes. Character development. Yeah. I gotta give him some allowance because he is 17 and I wouldn't have known what to do. God, I... Yeah. <laughs> I was figuring out pre-calculus. Yeah, we also live in a very <laughs> cushy time compared to that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. We don't have to sell newspapers at 12 years old. Because no one buys them. No one buys them. <laughs> we, we never would have <laughs> No. Uh, no, this was just a classic. If I haven't And because enough. it's family friendly, it's easy to watch. It's easy to listen to, you yes. know. Like, if you're getting into theater, this is the good one to start with. Yeah, it's just, it's fun. It's a good time. Watch it, definitely. Especially since it is out there, because a lot of shows are not accessible. This one, thankfully, is. Right. So. Yeah, we know, like, millions of you out there are watching The Mandalorian. Just take, you know, a little bit of time. Watch go, Newsies. Go watch Newsies. It's already mm-hmm. on there. And watch Hamilton, too, while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. You should have already watched that. You what, are you yeah, doing? what are you doing? Come on. Go go watch that. <laughs> Mom watched it for like the fourth time. And then for a break, go watch Shrek. And then go watch Shrek. Because <laughs> you probably have Netflix too, so. Yeah, let's be real. Come on. You're not paying anything extra for these shows. <laughs> yeah, we live in a day and age where this is more accessible. So take advantage mm-hmm. of it. And I wouldn't be the most surprised with post-COVID world that... Some bigger shows, either like ones that have already come and gone or ones that come out in the future, might go to the streaming route because it's already showing to be insanely popular. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, they won't lose any audience either because there are still the people like myself who enjoy going to the theater. So they're not going to lose anything by 
streaming, you mm. know, and, and capturing this in a theatrical way. Like, who knows? That might be the only way they're able to start doing more theatrical productions is like doing the stage thing just recorded, not, not for an audience. And I, I feel bad for the actors because, you know, man, that minimum 2K every week, that's got to be hurting to miss right now. Oh, yeah. Especially if you live in New York. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, it sounds like a be, lot for they us. They might but... be turning into newsies. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's also a really good way to get, like, the younger generation involved. Because, mm-hmm. you know, not every kid can sit through a two-and-a-half-hour show. But if you can pause it so they can run off some of their energy, go get some snacks and pee. Like, this is such a great way to introduce your kids to uh, shows. Yeah. So Yeah, not yeah. everybody has the muni like we have. Mm-hmm. You know, a theater right down the road, like, basically. Beautiful outdoor theater. Like, I didn't. I know I didn't see a ton. Like, not nearly as much as you guys. But yeah. I maybe at the time wasn't the most interested. But I know I had like cool experiences there. Mm-hmm. Take advantage mm-hmm. of it because it can only go up from here, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> <Don't jinx> it. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go up yes. from here. No, <laughs> uh, I mean cases, yeah. Oh, stop, <laughs> stop. You're fired. It's a happy podcast. <laughs> You're fired. I don't know. Do you, do you, were you there for the last one we recorded? That wasn't really the most happy. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think that'll wrap up this episode of Save Me and I'll See. It was really fun to talk about, obviously, because I enjoy it. If you'd like to tell us uh, your experiences with this show, if you were in it, I would really love to talk to you because. Uh, how do you jump that high? My Jeremy Jordan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just tag Jeremy <laughs> Jordan. Je- Jeremy Jordan, Amber's DMs are always open. Always open to you. <laughs> yeah, but if you want to talk to us about the show, you can always email us at saveanisleseat at gmail.com or you can tweet us at saveanisleseat on Twitter. That uh, Amber will love to talk to you about this, about Newsies, about Jeremy Jordan specifically. And we would love to get you give you guys shout outs on yeah. future episodes use any of our hashtags or talk to us we'll... yeah so if you throw the hashtag in save me an aisle seat or s-m-a-a-s and we can find those and uh, see what you think about our show and if you have like a watch party with your friends that'd be super cool if you sit down and have a watch party where you watch newsies like let us know because that's super cool and we will shout you out on the show if you'd like to listen to more shows and shows that we are also a part of, you can visit www.ragtagnetwork.com. And that includes shows like Total Tomfoolery, which is a D&D podcast where Matt and I are on. Or we also have Bag of Bones, which is the Mama's podcast, Elizabeth Bougeret. She's also on there. It's super awesome. It's like horror history and stuff. We also have some more shows, hopefully in the works for you guys. Looking forward to that. And we just really appreciate you guys' support. Word of mouth is the best way to help us out if you want to tell your friends and family. And again, have like a watch night with your family because <laughs> Newsies is on Disney Plus. <laughs> and then watch Hamilton. Just have a whole day about Not it. Not a paid sponsor. If you'd like to rate us on any of the uh, sites that you listen to podcasts, that also really helps us. Subscribing to us so you get our episodes as they come out so you don't have to wait. That would be super helpful for us and for you. And we really just appreciate the support. Our download numbers are getting up there and we're really excited to hit that thousand download mark so we can celebrate and do new stuff. And I'm looking forward to it. Also, our Ko-Fi is always open. It is www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. Any financial support that goes there helps support the entire network and all the shows in the umbrella there. 
We really appreciate any and all support that you can give us. But I believe that will wrap up this episode of Save and Seat. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.